0: All right, welcome everybody the Doctor Light Show here. I'm your host here, Jim Price, on the WYSL stations. Guys, looks like you got yourself some new uh, neighbors living in a hotel there in Rochester. Well, congratulations. Aren't you guys special? Anyway, uh, no, uh, Josh has got some family stuff taken care of today, so you got me for the next hour here on uh, WYSL. I got that lunchtime drive. I don't know well, if you're driving or sitting or sitting under a tree taking a nap, but here's how we're going to do it. Guys, I have, I listened to that little bit of news break at the top of the hour there for you guys, and I I had comments. I have I have comments. If you guys are, this is what you guys are putting up with. No wonder you guys feel so depressed and so ran over. I mean, they just got through telling you, hey, uh, some people came in on a bus late last night in the dark of the night, and uh, they're going to hang out at this hotel, and then your city, uh, your city. It sounds like your city. You know your uh, your leadership. <laughs> yeah, you guys have leaders. Uh, no servants there. No servants for you guys. By gosh, you guys got leaders. Uh, it, this is lame. That was their. That was. Uh, that was your moment. That was where this guy got up there, had the mic, and is like looking, searching for this magnanimous word to just be able to really just lay it down for everybody to understand. And he goes, "That was lame." And then the audio cut out. Cut out. So you really got to think about what he just really said. Yeah, that was lame. Your comment was lame. Why is it this okay that you guys are putting up homeless people? Now, I, I, I you know, I, like I said, when I came up there in July, I drove all over. I got to, I got time. I had time to. I went down to the, the War Museum with the airplanes, and I got to go to the Toy Museum, and I got to go to Niagara Falls, and I got to go to the Canyon of the East, and Grand Canyon of the East. I mean, I did a lot of stuff. But the one thing I really not really—I uh, guess I guess I didn't catch this, guys. You guys got a lot of extra just houses laying around that you guys can house people from other countries that don't even know your language or cultures or has a job to support themselves. See, I didn't realize that you guys had. I mean, what a what an amazing situation that you you guys there in New York just have all these extra homes and all this extra money just to give to these people from other countries, and so they can have a nice sheltered home here in America just for you. Hmm. Now yeah, that's nice. That's nice. Th- th- here's my problem with this whole thing. This individual who is walking in and taking food out of your refrigerator. Plugging their extension cord into your outlets, grabbing your tent and your garden hose and using it for their own little, their little PlayStation in the back of your, um, your backyard there. They got the tent up, they got the water running, they don't turn it off. And anytime they need to go to the bathroom, they just walk in, walk out of your house, they go into the kitchen, cook up whatever food they need. Now, now, granted, they'll eat outside because, you know, they'll eat in their, their house. Uh, And that's okay with you guys. So this is what we're going to start doing. We're going to start letting just people just wildly. We don't. We're going to get rid of trespass laws. We're going to get rid of breaking and entering. Now, now, guys, um, don't get confused about the whole uh, no bond thing or the bond thing. I do not like that. This is something that gets the right riled up, and you don't understand what they're really talking about when we talk about bail. But anyway. So we're not going to do, we're not going to, we're going to make things, we're going to make it legal now for people to break and enter. We're going to make it legal now for trespassing. Because basically that's what we've said we will do. If you come into our federal, uh, into our country, the federal government will not, will not turn you around the next hot jet out of here. Oh no. No, no, no. We're not going to take you back to your country of origin. We're not going to fingerprint you. We're not going to DNA test, photograph, I, you know, uh, uh, retinal scan, all that stuff. No, we do that for the citizens. Retinal scans are for those people who want to walk around and maybe go to a movie or pick up a something at the convenience store or whatever. That's that's what retinal scanning's is for is for the, the civilians, not for people who are breaking federal laws. Those tracking devices and all that stuff, that's for civilians or c- citizens, sorry, civilians. Citizens only. You are not I mean, these illegal aliens, they're they're not they're not citizens, so they don't have to follow those laws. See how, how neat that is, how convenient that is? But they're going to go ahead and give away some more of your money, and they're going to give away some more of your time, and uh, you're going to be fine with it. So don't don't worry about it. You're good. You guys are good. And you know, I'm thank you guys. Thank you, New York, for just being so open armed, and the fact that you guys have so much more money, and more housing, and space than the rest of the country. That it's it's amazing. You guys are just willfully bringing these people in. Thank you. But the people that are doing this have not paid into this system. They didn't put a down payment down. They didn't. Get alone. They didn't bring their fortune with them. They brought their misfortune with them. They brought their lack of income, their negative, their draw on society with them. Now, please tell me how these are refugees. Please tell me how these people are coming from war torn countries. What part of Central America is war torn? I mean, just seriously, I mean, think about it. This is what they're telling you that these Hispanic. Black and brown people. Wait, wait, what, what do you mean black and brown people? Are there people from Africa there? Well, yeah. Are there people from Asia there? Well, yeah. Are there people from other parts of the world? Well, yeah. But then why are they running from Mexico? Because Mexico, last I checked, they're not being attacked by anybody else and they're not in a war-torn country. Granted, drug cartels do a lot of bad things, but there are people living a per- perfectly peaceful life there. So again, explain this to me. Why it is that they will use... A, a catchy phrase like refugee or asylum, so that you will let people into this country who are not a benefit to their country, not a benefit to our country, but a drain, a draw on our country. This is just somebody taking a shotgun and going to go into the bottom of the boat and just start firing huge holes in this country. Now, let me explain to you they don't care where these people come from, they don't care that they're people. They just need them to draw down on the services for this country, to draw this country to the bottom of the barrel. Do you understand what I'm saying here? This is, this is, not, this is not because they give two craps about somebody. They don't give a crap about Maria and her kids and Santiago and his, his... No, they don't care. They could care less what they are. That's why they're letting everybody over. It's all about the destruction of our country. And then when we have people on the radio, not, not, I'm not, not saying anybody from this radio station, but we have the, the TV station sitting there giving this breathy tone statement about, oh, the refugees, the oh, the migrants, uh, oh, come on. Really? So you don't know that these people are literally drawing down on everything that you consider to be your, part of your society, and you're going to give a breathy tone report about how great it is that these people have found a apartment complex or a hotel to stay in in Rochester free of charge? Guys, if I go around a hotel, now I'm getting ready to go to uh, just west of Detroit this weekend. A couple things real quick. and Before we go to break, I want let me give you this announcement, a couple things. Um, I'm going to be traveling. I will be on the radio tomorrow, but I will not be on the radio Thursday and Friday because I will be west of Detroit, Michigan. Oh, yeah, Detroit, Michigan. Anyway, I'm going to be west of Detroit, Michigan this weekend because I will be speaking with Jim Caviezel and Tim Ballard at an event there at Floodgate Church. And it's going to be an exciting deal. I mean, I'm really looking forward to this. I'm going to go ahead and show up early. I'm going to travel tomorrow night. So I'm there for Thursday morning so I can help with the church. Any setup they need, anything picked up, moved, whatever it is, I'm going to be there. I'm going to be there a whole day Thursday just to help out with the event. Not that they asked me, but I told them, hey, I'll be there Thursday. If you guys need anything, I'm going to be there to help. They're like, great. See you then. And that's how you. That's how we make America better. That's how we make it the world a better place. That little bit of extra, right? Anyway, uh, but if you guys are, you guys could go to uh, my show, uh, my page, the Jim Price Show on Facebook, on Twitter, and other places, Clout Hub. If you guys go there, and you uh, you guys see that thing, if you want to donate to the Underground Railroad, you can do that. If you want to donate to the event, you can do that. Um, you know, just, just you don't even have to go. You can just be a part of this, because all this stuff benefits the, the human trafficking stuff. And so we'll be doing that. Now, next week, it's going to be a short week for me. And I know Josh isn't here today, so you got me. But next week, Monday and Tuesday, I'll be on air. But I won't be on air the rest of the week because I will be in Springfield, Missouri with Mike Lindell, uh, another cyber symposium, another uh, election integrity event. He pays for this thing completely out of his pocket. Now, I told you guys, we put a post up on the WYSL Facebook and Twitter page about uh, the link for Mike Lindell. If you guys go over there, and you sign up for that link and you put promo code price price that's me if you could put in promo code price you guys are going to get a free audiobook but you'll get the link and the and information for the cyber symposium for next Wednesday and Thursday so next Wednesday and Thursday I'll be in Springfield Missouri which is only about 4 hour drive for me so no big deal jump in the truck I'm there now I have to leave there and then go to Southside Chicago to the another human trafficking event that I will be at uh for friday and saturday and then be back home and then so anyway i just give you that so i just let you know guys but the cyber symposium thing next week that we're going to do for mike lindell go on the wysl uh, page and go to my page as well go on there click the link on the mike lindell put your email address in there put promo code price in there and that way you guys will get that uh, free audiobook book from Mike Lindell, but also you'll have the link and have all the information for the Cyber Symposium next week, which I will be attending both days. And it's always usually, I mean, the information is like a fire hose there. It is amazing what they're doing. And all the traps that they were trying to put in there for Mike Lindell and all the other things that he had to deal with in the first Cyber Symposium, I was there. I was there. I talked with him. Uh, Dr. Douglas Frank is a friend of mine, and uh, we talked quite a bit there. It was really neat. And they were trying to be undermined. They were trying to go in and cause problems for them and cause a credibility issue. That's why they didn't put up those C, those uh PCAPs. Remember PCAPS was a thing? I don't know if you guys remember that or not, PCAPs, but that's what I'll be doing. So this weekend, uh we'll be I'll be in Detroit, Michigan, west of Detroit, Michigan, with uh Tim Baller and Mike uh and Jim Caviezel, speaking with them at child trafficking event. And I will be doing a panel and some other things with some other people there so it'll be really cool and I also will be ooh, speaking on stage ooh. myself. Got, no got a big day coming up. All right guys, we got a commercial break coming up to WYSL. Be right back in a couple minutes. Dark to light on the WYSL stations. <laughs> round, round, yeah, oh, wow. Yeah, I guess I am going to be getting around. I go for a little miles on the truck, get some windshield time in there cuz I love the windshield time. Just staring out that window. That's all you're doing. You're just sitting there on your butt, holding onto a wheel, staring out the window for hours and hours on end. Anyway, no big deal there, right? So, hey, uh, guys, I don't know if you knew this or not, but there is this whole thing about election integrity and uh, may or may not be a thing. I don't know. I've heard some rumors. Who knows? You do understand that now that Trump now has the absolute court case to go in. And describe to the world exactly what he meant and how he meant it to say that there was voter fraud see here's the thing i think he's going to go back to 2016. i think he needs to bring in 2016 and i think he needs to go back even further what where would we go if we go back further jimmy well let's go back into 2012 and 2008. Well, what happened in those years, Jimmy? Well, that's when old Uncle Barry came along, and the qualifications of that man there, he says he has to be an American citizen. Well, I don't think we got American citizenship with that feller. He seems a little weird and a little light in the loafers, if you know what I mean. Well, what do we do? Well, we get a rope. Anyway, we have a foreign infiltrator, and we know who he is. We understand. We know that. We've seen the video clips. We've all seen it decades of this. Now, guys, you understand that the audio clip from Obama talking about Mike Obama and the uh, clip from Obama talking about how he was born in Kenya, uh, those are decades old, guys. These are, uh, you don't understand, we've been doing this for a minute. We've been doing the old conspiracy theories and all the tinfoil hat stuff you can handle here. We're going to do it all day. I'm going to tell you right now, listen, that guy, that guy, whether he believes it or not, in his heart whether he's been hypnotized brainwashed whatever it is no matter however he got to where he is that man does not know who he is and that's the real fact of it i think he has been so brainwashed so manipulated let me give you guys a bombshell real quick it's a it's a little at uh, almost kind of the bottom of the hour here on uh wysl and i'm gonna give you a little bit of a hint here did you know did you know daddy bush bush senior you know, uh, whatever the guy that died already, that gentleman, he was actually cousins, he is cousins to Obama, oh, grandfather. Barry's grandfather is cousins to Daddy Bush, and they worked together in the CIA. You guys want to feel like somebody's been touchy where you don't want to be touchy touchied? Well, this is what it's like, folks. This is how bad the history of our country really is and how nefarious the Cheneys and the Bushes and the Clintons and the Bidens and the Obamas really are. And I think Barry's got a little blood on his hands from a paddle boating accident. Just saying for a friend. I mean, just, you know, hey, I'm just saying, just asking for a friend, Barry. Where were you? I was shopping and playing tennis with my wife or so, husband uh, or thing. You know, here's the thing. Why was he suddenly playing tennis? Where was he at? He wasn't there. But then where? I mean, anyway, there's a lot of questions going on out there. But let me go back to the Obama grandfather thing. So here's the problem. Uncle, uh, Uncle Barry and his grandfather lived in El Dorado, Kansas, which is just about 40 miles northeast of Wichita here on I-35. And, you know, you just travel right up there, and that town ain't that big. But I'm going to tell you now that, for whatever reason, Obama's grandfather picked El Dorado, Kansas. It's a bit of an oil town. It's got an oil refinery and a lot of oil well companies around there. And um, he was there. He was CIA. He was CIA living in El Dorado, Kansas, but he would drive down to Crawford, Texas, and hang out with uh, Daddy Bush when he would take a uh, little Barry. Oh, Little Barry, he was just such a little boy, just um, going with Grandpa. Oh, Peepaw, got to go down to Texas with Uncle Barry. Well, they go on down there. Now, that's where the whole candy exchange between Bush Jr. and Uncle Barry. So that little hand exchange that, that you see Michael and, uh, and J- Bush Jr. do in those little events, you see where they do this little handoff like they're handing each other something? Guys, there are clues everywhere. But I'm just gonna leave this one out there for you guys to kind of maul on that for a minute there. You just kind of hang out and think about it. Let the juices soak in when you think about that yes uh berry and the bushes are related bingo yeah, that's a thing so don't worry about that. All right, let's move on uh, but I do believe trump I do believe Trump is going to use. These court cases that they're dragging him into court on, remember, this is their choice. This is their decision. They can't help themselves but over-pursue because this is what they have to do when they're over-pursuing. They're going to show their cards. They're going to show who they are. They're going to show you what they really, really mean. And aren't we seeing that already? Aren't we seeing that with the fallacy of these? The, all these court cases just do not make sense? They don't add up. But what does Trump get to do? Like I've talked before. He gets to go do he gets to go do you know uh he gets to go do a little question answering, little video tapey, little audio, you know, the whole thing. And now yeah, they're gonna do that whole thing. Then they're gonna do some subpoenas and they're gonna do some records requesting and some and all this he has full access to. He has full access to all this stuff. And then, you know, and Josh was right on the, the Section Eleven stuff, which is part of the Brunson case. Which I think maybe the Brunson case wasn't always such a. I, I think that there's still things going on with the Brunson brothers. I think there's still cases moving forward. But what I will tell you is they gave us the life lesson to know what section or the uh, uh, Article 11 is for the Supreme Court, and that they get to take over this case, and then this case will be televised for the world to see. And you don't think that every eye. I mean, remember the remember the the, the white Bronco. You, remember, you guys, you guys, see, I'm I'm using these references of images, so you guys will start putting together the situation, right? Yeah, remember O.J. Simpson, that guy that with the gloves that don't fit. You must acquit. You guys watched it. You guys know what I'm talking about. Now, you may not watch it door to door. I get it. You're not front to back on the whole thing. I get it. But you watched a lot of it. And you watch for the updates, and you turn the radio on when you could, and you listen to whatever it was was going on, and you're like, oh, they're taking the day off. What shall I do with my whole life? Guys, I do believe, I do believe that we're going to find ourselves in a situation where... Now, Adam Schiff asked for uh, televised coverage of this. See, he thinks this is his glory day. This is his... You know, his trip, uh, holding the, the Olympic torch going into the the stadium there to light the big, you know, the big bonfire at the Olympics. He is just – that's him. He is loving this, right? But, but it's all a trap because that means everybody gets to see this. Trump doesn't have to ask for it to be televised. They're asking for it to be televised. They cannot help themselves but to be idiots in this moment. And here's one of the news an articles come out right before we go to the commercial break. i got about two, three minutes here. Now we have proof. Uh, the Gateway Pundit exclusive. Massive 2020 voter fraud uncovered in Michigan. Police. Police. The policy offices. Policy. Uh, the tens of thousands of fake registration. Bags of prepaid gift cards. Guns with silencers burner phones and a democrat-funded organization with multiple temporary facilities in several states now wait just a second i thought they were uh, that they were going to hang them high with trump because he said something bad about the election but here we go special thanks to phil and Lori for their contribution and assistance of the story the two election integrity activists obtained ap- a copy of the state police report and began investigating the story in June. Phil, now chairman of the Michigan Republican Party's election integrity committee, and Lori, director of the Michigan GOP Poll Challenger Program, <sighs> poll challenger program, okay, brought in uh, to our attention and are assisting with our research in the story. On October twenty. 20, October eighth 2020, only one month before the 2020 general election, Muskogee, uh, I just said that wrong, uh, Mes- Mes- Muskin, Michigan, city clerk, Ann, noticed a black female dropping off between 8,000 to 10,000 completed voter registration applications at the city clerk office. <laughs> um, that's normal. Not on this earth. Not unless you're cheating. Why would you do that? You're so stupid. Eight to ten thousand completed voter registrations. Where were you? I was at a voter registration drive, and I was just like, I got to go get all these registrations. I bring it down here one time. Are you kidding me, man? Okay, so the Muskogee Police Department has conducted and asked uh, as was oh it was contacted and asked to investigate on ten twenty one twenty. First Lieutenant Mike Anderson. Uh, was contacted by uh, Tom, Chief of Investigation of uh, Michigan Attorney General Dana Nassel's office. Whew, that was a lot. According to the Michigan State Police Report, Mr. Fabus Fabus, asked the Michigan State Police assistance with a joint investigation of alleged voter fraud being conducted by the Muscogan Police Department and the um, Attorney General. And so it goes on here. Uh, we oh, got a little bit left here. But anyway, this is a, this is an entire thing. This goes down, oh my gosh, this this article is very long. Well, we're going to have to come back to this, but this is a big bombshell that looks like we have had an ongoing investigation since 2020, October of 2020, not only with the AG's office, but with state and city police as well. So that's a good thing, right? And so we'll find out more about that. But guys, we, this is, this, uh, this is not something that's going away, I, and I'm glad. We need to keep this in the cycle. Keep talking about it. Keep pushing voter integrity. All right, guys, our commercial break coming up here at the bottom of the hour. WYSL, Dark Delight Show. Be right back. Dark Light on the WYSL stations. All right. Welcome back, everybody. Dark to Light Show here at the bottom of the hour on WYSL. Thank you guys so much for being here. You know this whole article is really becoming a thing here, and I was going to go through it a little bit at the break, uh, but this is not going away, and this is this is pretty big stuff. Michigan Attorney General Dana Nassel, Nessel, I didn't know, I guess I said it right the first time, who is currently attempting to prosecute 15 senior citizens and former Michigan GOP co-chair for casting an alternate set of electoral votes. In the 2020 election, asked Michigan State Police to join the Muscogee, uh, Muscogan Police and AG investigation of the potential massive multi-city voter fraud operation. Uh, two members of the of AG Dana Nessel's crime, I'm sorry, criminal investigation division were assigned to the operation. Yet curiously, she failed to mention the investigation to the public. To this day, Dana Nessel is still claiming that there's no investigation of widespread voter fraud in Michigan, despite the fact that she knew her office and the office of her friend, Michigan's crooked SOS, uh, Jocelyn Benson, were involved with the Michigan State Police in a large-scale investigation that took place across the state before it was taken over by the FBI. Wow, that's going to end well. No, it's not. Today, the Gateway Pundit and uh, our close friends with Michigan are exposing the damning report. The evidence was – I'm sorry. The evidence from this investigation exposes criminal uh, election fraud involving thousands of fraudulent ballots in Michigan by an organization set up temporary offices in several swing states prior to the 2020 election. All right. So they set up temporary offices – Get all that stuff done. It should be noted that after uh, documenting these crimes, investigating for weeks, the Michigan police turned this investigation over to the FBI, who promptly buried the findings. Nice. Once again, the FBI apparently took no action. Okay. So people that need to keep their job have to create chaos so they can keep their job. So people in the FBI and the police department and the sheriffs and other AGs and stuff, they create these chaos situations. And I, guys, don't, don't get all sideways with me on this. Listen to what I have to say. This is absolutely the facts, okay? There are too many people out there trying to keep $15 out of our jobs, and we have no business – trying to keep those jobs and what am i talking about i'm talking about jailers and i don't know where everybody got this big soft heart that jailers need to make sure they keep their job and they keep as many people in the jails as possible but i will tell you this right now we do have a for-profit jail system and that sounds like i'm i'm saying it just made something up didn't it but i didn't what i'm trying to point out to you is fbi has to make sure that they do not solve crimes so that crimes continue, so that that shows that they have jobs that they need to do. Yeah, that's a thing. Also, the idea that when we, we understand that if you have a natural disaster, let's say something were to happen, and how is it that just just so happened that news reporters and these people are able to come up with the death tally of these certain situations when I have had to deal with two funerals, uh, one in April, one in May, uh, both of the... They were there. Well, one was my guardian mom, one was my real mom, and I had to go through all the paperwork, all the rigmarole. In fact, I'm still going through Marge's stuff from March. There's still paperwork that I had to deal with on Friday. Now you understand that when you get death certificates and all this stuff, you get those. They'll get those weeks after the death that they don't just wildly just hand out information. They don't go giving this information out. So how is it the city or the county or the newscaster just happens to have the death toll every single time something happens to come up? How do they know exactly who has died and who hasn't? Because according to how things work when you get death certificates or people die, a lot of that stuff isn't official until the death certificate has been issued. So how are they always able to come up with, well, 12 people died in a, you know, blah, 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 or the tornado, how do you know? How do they know? How did they collect that information so quickly? Where were they getting that information? Did they call the hospitals? Was there a hotline? Is there a website that I need to go to that has this clicker where everybody goes on there and clicks on a death? Oh, hey, I heard of a death. Click. Do you see what I'm saying about the FBI here? The FBI buried the findings in this article. The FBI buried it. So what does that tell you? They have intention to keep a job. If they don't solve the crimes, there's always crimes to solve, correct? If you don't make the arrest, there's always someone to arrest, correct? If we're not getting everything done like we're supposed to, we have too much of a backlog of crimes that need to be investigated, we need to hire more people, correct? That means I get a bigger pay raise because I'm the director. I'm the head of the FBI. I'm a field director. I'm a section chief. I'm a this, I'm a that. So every time we bring more people in, you know we're spending almost a $100 billion building a brand new FBI facility down in Alabama? Is it Alabama? Yeah, I'm Alabama. Is it Alabama? Was, wait, uh where was it? I mean, wait. Huntsville, Alabama. Yeah, Huntsville. They're building a brand new almost hundred billion. Now, guys, I'll give you this. They're at 80 some billion for this this place. It will be over a hundred billion in change orders. I guarantee you, I guarantee you, I guarantee you. FBI is putting in a hundred billion dollar facility down in Huntsville, Alabama. Why? Why do they need to spend $100 billion on FBI? What are they doing? They're not doing anything. And the people that they are going after are not making this world a better place and are not crimes that have a victim. See, a voter fraud it has a 336 million victims. That's called American people. That's about where our population sits at right now, about 336 million, depending on which website you go to Well, as well. But that's a thing. The FBI is trying to keep their job by not doing things, but going after the simple, silly things so they look like they're doing their job. But the big stuff that we know where there's voter fraud and all this, uh, you know, killery stuff and, you know, the Hunter, Hunter Biden laptop or the Anthony Weiner laptop that nobody's talking about. See, this is the problem. They keep these things out there so that they keep their job. If you think I'm crazy, pay attention for a minute. And you'll see exactly what I'm talking about. It will make absolute sense to you. The moment you slow down just a little bit and start looking at what I'm talking about here, and you're like, oh, Jimmy was right. Dang it. He was right. Yeah, that's all they're doing. They're just trying to keep a job. How about this, guys? How about we make an agreement with them? You guys quit doing stupid stuff. And you can use the right S word if you want, put in there. Um, you guys can, you guys can start, you can, guys can quit doing stupid stuff. And not do anything at all and will still give you a paycheck, but you won't be destroying innocent people's lives. How about that agreement? Now, you could go after the big crimes, but the rest of that little petty stuff that you keep doing, the whole, you know, January 6ers and that stuff, why don't you just stop? And the DAs and the judges... I'm going to make the same agreement with you guys. I am not going to take away your job. I'm not going to not pay you. How about I let you sit around, and when we have a court case for you, when we have a criminal for you, we'll, we'll let you do that once in a while. But we don't need you going out and finding crimes. We don't need creating crimes. We need you just being cool. And why don't you investigate this great big voter crime that you know really happened? Do you see how that agreement works, guys? See, I'm giving them... Listen, your job is secure. I'm not going to fire you. I'm not going to lay you off. I'm not going to reassign you. Okay, you get to keep your job until you decide to leave, and uh, we may or may not fill that position. We're not going to we're not going to fill that position when they leave. We're going to let it downsize. But the people that are there, we'll just let you guys kind of hang out. It's like a bad union deal. Oh, union deals. Oh, you guys want to talk about unions? Oh, oh man, I want. I need to save this for you guys. We'll do it in the next segment. Let's go on about the FBI. I like this topic. I mean, the FBI. I mean, they're they're out there doing things that they really shouldn't, and they know it. They're trying to keep their job. Hey, hey, don't, don't you give me that. Oh, no, Jimmy, they wouldn't try to keep their job by making some arrests and not other arrests. That doesn't, uh, they would never do that. <laughs> yeah, they will. They're called human beings. And this is what they do because they get protective of themselves. You know, they want to put the pool in the backyard. They want to go on vacation. They want to be able to, you know, buy another truck or whatever is they want to do. So they got to keep their job. I mean, that's not, that's, not, that's not unheard of, folks. People don't like losing their jobs. They don't like having to find something new. And because they've been a government stool or stool pigeon this whole time, a government stooge, they've just been sitting around on the old government hill, they don't know how to do anything else. So let's not scare them and say, listen if you just be quiet like you did for like two years under covid where you didn't do anything anyway why don't we just let you guys do that until you just either retire or go do something else how about that if you find another job got congratulations we'll let you keep your retirement how about that we'll make you guys a really great deal an exit plan for you but we're really tired of you just coming up with the dumbest cases to pursue while not pursuing exactly what was in this here yeah now i got to remember what I was going to talk to you guys. Oh, Union. Oh, Union. Phew, that's going to be bad. You guys are going to be happy about this. I mean, well, you are, unless unless you're a big pro-Union person. And then you're probably going to have a headache after this. But um, that will be after the break. Uh, but anyway, this article goes on. Let's see. The Musco- uh, people, the police of Muskogen, uh were investigating voter fraud in October 2020, a month prior to the general election. The FBI failed to follow up on the allegation of crimes and... Um, and now the election integrity chair of Michigan, uh, they were, they 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 told them all about this. Uh, we're talking about Phil. Uh, Phil was telling him this. They didn't do anything. Police report ha- uh, has redactions throughout, but not all names were redacted. The police report uh, named GBI Strategies as the organization running the scam. The Tennessee-based group is heavily connected to the Biden campaign and various Democrat campaign committees. <sighs> the re- the re- uh, release report also names Br- 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 Brillus Brillus B R I L U S Brillus Br- 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 I don't know as a primary person involved. Uh, the police report uh, from 2020 revealed the KBI strategies KBI GBI sorry GBI has been in operation since 2014, and the investigation found that GBI strategies has paid 1.5 million has been paid $1.5 million by Doug Jones for Senate campaign back in 2018. What? JBI Strategies was paid $1.5 million by Doug Jones for Senate campaign in 2018. That's a lot of money. Uh, That was uh, just one race they were involved in. Uh, The investigation, let's see, see, uh, MSP, Intelligence Analyst, uh DeGrout re- researched using the Center for Responsive Police website. DeGrout found that blank blank had a vendor receipt profile dating back to 2014, the 2018 campaign. Uh so yeah, 1.5 million wow. And then uh $650,000 by the Americ New American Jobs Fund and 188,000 by the Democrats uh Senatorial Campaign Committee. Wow, we that right there, that's like 1.2 million or 2.2 million. So this, whoever this uh, strategy, is, GBI strategy, has got a lot of money. They got 2.2 million there in just that one little spell swoop. A woman interviewed by police said that she was paid 1,150 bucks a week and given a rental car. She said it was uh, a given and uh, was given a, a reloadable pay card. Uh, police report that hundreds of prepaid cards were uh, were from different companies, along with dozens of burner phones found in the Southfield raid in Michigan. Do you guys hear about any of this? This is back in 2020. This is amazing. So they have gone right. This was right around the election when they said no voter fraud was found anywhere in America. Uh, the police report claims that weapons were deter- uh weapons were uh determined to be legal and lawful after calling the ATF to inspect the weapons. Uh the uh F-A-N-T- First witnessed minivans moving from a hotel in Grand Haven To the location of the business A former California eye care location The next day, Detective Luker was notified He went to the address where he found a bag of uh, trash Filled with information on employee agreements <laughs> Wow Man, this is a huge article This goes on and on Well, anyway, so we'll go to commercial break We'll come back with the union stuff We want to talk about unions i only gonna get better. All right, guys. Of course, break We'll be, be right back in a minute. Dark to light on the WYSL stations. All right, welcome back to WYSL here on this Tuesday. Yeah, it's Tuesday. That's a. It's not a bad day of the week, right? Kind of. It's not Monday. It's not Wednesday. Not Thursday. It's just Tuesday. It yeah, we're fine. Yeah. All right, guys. Well, I promised you a story about unions. And let me, okay, just full disclaimer. Okay. I, I, I've, I've been, have had family in unions. I understand unions. I was a general contractor. Uh, I did military contracting for, with the DOD for 18, almost 18 years. I'll tell you right now, I know unions. Okay. The, the preferential contracts are usually always with, um, union on government jobs. You, you, they want you to preferentially give them preferential treatment, uh, any union houses. So I know them quite well. Well, let me give you, this is all going to be from memory. So guys, I'm, I'm spitballing a little bit here, but there's nothing out there that's going to cover this. And, uh, oh, let me go back to the, I'll finish up my disclaimer on the union stuff. Unions, I believe at one time were very effective. And I do believe they were very essential. I think they were what we needed in our in our lives, right? I really, really do. But when we got in the OSHA and we got in the EPA and then we got in the, uh, you know, the, the Department of Labor, all these other things. Let me tell you, those every single one of those are a redundant agency that were actually replacing the union. And I know a lot of people don't like that. A lot of people are union strong and all that stuff. I get it. I get what you guys are doing. I understand. But at the same time, the conditions that we work in now are not what the union started with. The union was talking about having a fire escape or a place to get out. If the building were to burn down, or not have to work around flying flywheels or belts or things that would grind you up and chew you alive, right? So that's where the unions really became strong, and that's where they were very essential. But we have so many redundant government agencies now that, guys, I don't, I don't see the benefit of it. I've looked back, I've set back, I've watched it. I do not. I I pay the uh, an electrical subcontractor who's a union shop or non union shop the exact same money. I really do. And they end up a lot of times, I'd be be honest with you, the private company who is not a union shop treats their people better. And I know that doesn't sound right because everybody's like, no, union, man, we get our thing. Guys, I did decades of this, and I did not see the benefit of it. I did not see where it's at. But let's talk about what a union did to yellow trucking. Now, I know that sounds like a bad segue to all this after I gave you my disclaimers on unions and how I feel. Like I said, I have nothing against them. I just think at one time they were absolutely necessary, but they have. I think they have served their purpose and moved, and should be moved along. But the whole thing with yellow trucking, the number three trucking country uh, company in the country, twenty two thousand drivers. They had twenty two thousand drivers. They had all this. They were doing. They did Target, Walmart, all these big stores. They had huge, huge contracts with these guys. Now, what happened was is that the the union was – the way that the actual – all this went down was it had to do with the retirement fund. The retirement fund became so burdensome to be able to try to maintain it at inflationary rates, the government stepped in and gave them almost $100 billion to prop up Yellow, Yellow's uh, retirement fund. Now, I don't, now, that wasn't part of the story. That wasn't part of what a lot of people talked about. But Yellow got a $100 billion bailout. From the government. Oh, yeah, that was the Biden. That was Biden's. The pedo in chief was doing this, but they went and bailed out this union retirement fund. So when you saw the videos of people like I lost my union, my my retirement, I'm going to be desolate. I don't have I've lost everything. That's not true. That's all drama. It's all made up. There was a black guy supposedly lost his mind because he said he lost he didn't get it. He lost his retirement. That's not true. The retirement was completely propped up by the federal government by a tune of $100 billion. Now, yellow isn't the only reason that that trucker's uh, pension fund was de- uh, depleted. It had a lot to do with a lot of different things, not including the economy itself. But that was a $100 billion bailout, not just for yellow, but for the trucker's union pension fund. Okay, so think about this. It wasn't just union. But, union, but yellow is the one who's doing some proactive things. And I say proactive only because they are doing something now people don't realize that the administration for yellow was moved under a different trucking company and they continue to operate today and they continue to get a paycheck today the administration the admin building for yellow is st- they still have a job they just work for a different company see they they were they were taken over but they didn't shut their doors but they didn't drop the yellow name do you see what's coming up here in the future? So what's happened here is that a hedge fund like BlackRock or State Street, one of those big ones, you know, Blackst- if you ever look into BlackRock, guys, it will make your head spin. Uh, Flint is absolutely your god. Now, you think I'm kidding you? That guy who's ahead head of BlackRock is literally telling the world what to manufacture, how to manufacture it, what to manufacture it with, and what chemicals to put in your foods, what to put in your water, all that stuff. You think I'm crazy? Look up BlackRock and look up what they really own on this globe, and it will terrify you. That guy is more godlike than anything. He's not like a dictator. He's a god, and that is scary. Well, anyway, this hedge fund that, was, uh, that, that actually owns Yellow Trucking, hmm, that's magic. So we have a hedge fund, a a, a, a money, money management fund that is actually in charge or owns Yellow. And what they wanted to do was they wanted to break ties with the union, but they couldn't do it because this is an old school union shop and they've been doing it for a long, long time. Well, they're going to now shut their doors. Yellow's going to shut their doors for six months. And you watch. You watch after the first of the year, January 1. Bing! Hi, Yellow. Oh, you're a different name. Oh, it's all the same trucks. Oh, it's the same administration. Oh, it's the same old contracts. Except, ain't no union involved. Got rid of that there union. We don't need no unions here. See what's going on, guys? There are times when there are things that are do- be- being done because they were trying to eliminate cost. I get it. The the, the the hedge fund company doesn't give two craps about the people. They only care about the bottom line. Now, getting rid of the union will help the bottom line and will help the people ultimately. But the sad part of this is, is that they're doing this in a way that, yeah, the union, it's like, well, you knew what they were going to do. So now all these drivers are without a job. All this, this infrastructure is without, a, you know, an infrastructure. And, uh, so what do you do for six months? Things go into chaos. But all these big, mother loving, big old companies, your Walmarts, your Targets, your ones that are so big, you're going to find out that they will absolutely pick their contract right where they left off. And they will maintain their relationship with Yellow because that's what this is all about. The hedge fund managers went to them, said, hey, can you for six months figure it out? They're like, yeah, bet. We'll figure it out. Uh, we'll bring you back in six months. Cool bet. That's great. Went in, talked to administration. Hey, we'll continue to pay you for six months while we reorganize the company uh do you mind uh still getting a paycheck and coming to work but not doing your work uh yeah so that agreement went down so you see what i'm saying like there's a lot of information out there but yellow the whole yellow trucking thing had nothing to do with mismanagement well it had a lot to do with the mismanagement of the retirement fund because that that, that was not a yellow thing that was that was the management companies of the retirement by the way that's a whole other scandal you ought to look into why did our government have to give them a hundred billion dollars where did they screw up so bad where did they screw up so bad that they needed a hundred billion dollars to prop up these truck drivers' unions' pensions? What what did they do? And see that, that you did. Did you vote on it? Did you guys vote on a hundred billion dollars? Did you do, you guys? But by the way, these little sweetheart deals are done like this across this country every single day of the week. That hundred billion dollars that happened last year, you didn't even know about, it, did you? No, until this little yellow thing came up and it brought it to light. So anyway guys, that's how it goes here on WISL, the Dark to Light Show, with Jim Price. Thank you guys so much for being here. I will be back with Josh tomorrow on Wednesday. Remember, to Wednesdays are our extended lunch hour, so hang around for that. Alright, guys, thank you so much for being here. I'll see you guys tomorrow. Bye-bye.